let's stand together and worship our Father this morning. We've done great things. Come, let us worship the King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You freed every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great things. You've been faithful to every storm, you'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. I know you will do it again. Your promise is just and amen. You will do great things. God, you do great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You freed every captive to break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus. Your name lifted high, oh God, you have the great Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God. Above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things, you've done great things. Oh, Jesus of heaven, you conquered the grave, you freed every captive and break every chain, oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh, God, you have done great things, you have done great things, oh, God, you do great Why don't you take a second and say good morning to the people around you. Wish the men happy Father's Day for those that are dads.
All right. That's great. But we want to save some uh, talking for later during the brunch. So have a seat and uh, give your attention to these three young adults here this morning. Hello, my name is Hannah Molden. My name is Joshua Weininger. And my name is Aiden Becker. Welcome to Warren Community Fellowship. We are glad you are here this morning. Happy, Happy Father's, Father's Day. Day. <laughs> well, that works. In honor of all the dads here today, we have a few dad jokes to tell you. Oh. I'll go first. How do you kid teach kids about taxes? You should come up here. Uh, Eat 38% of their ice cream. (laughs) Good one. Um, (laughs) What did the seal with one fin say to the shark? If the seal is broken, don't consume it. I told my wife that a husband is like fine wine. We get better with age. The next day, she locked me in the cellar, though. I think you guys will like this one, but um, I'm so good at sleeping that I do it with my eyes closed. Did you hear the one about the roof? Never mind. It's over your head. That guy got it. Um, I was going to tell a time-traveling joke, uh, but you guys didn't like it, so. (laughs) (laughs) You you got it? He got it now because he didn't like it the first time. What type of tree fits in your hand? Palm tree, yep. (laughs) Wow. What do you call a sleeping bowl? (laughs) (laughs) Bulldozer. So today at work, uh, my boss told me to have a good day, uh, so I went home. I was wondering why the frisbee kept getting bigger and bigger. Then it hit me. So, how many apples grow on a tree? All of them. Can a kangaroo jump higher than a house? Does anyone know that one? No. Um, no, of course not. Of course. Uh, houses can't jump. Of course not. Of course not. Kangaroos can't jump. What do you call a toothless bear? Hey, they got it. They got it. 
Where do you learn about ice cream? Sunday school. (laughs) (laughs) Joe! Thanks, Joe. How do you talk to a giant? You use big words. (laughs) I don't get it. Because giants. Ah, ah, yeah. Of course. Okay. I love telling dad jokes. Sometimes even laughs. Okay. Happy Father's Day! Happy Father's Day! Well, as we celebrate Father's Day, we have the ultimate father who's our heavenly father, as we've already been singing about. And I encourage you through these next three songs to really focus on what the words are saying. Because we're going to be singing about many characteristics of our, our Heavenly Father and who He is to us. And then Pastor Kerry's going to follow that up as he uh, brings the word this morning and talks about our Heavenly Father always hearing us. And in a few minutes, we'll be dismissing our children to uh, Children's Church and, or to their Sunday school classes. And so we'll uh, let you know when we're going to be doing that. And we do encourage you, if you're able to, to scoot towards the middle. We still have a few people coming in, and we just want to make sure everyone gets in and has a great seat this morning. And then it's important for me to also receive the offering as I'm getting great cues. So, ushers, would you come and receive the morning offering as I pray for it, and then we're going to worship God. Heavenly Father, we are so gracious to you and glad that you are gracious to us. And we're here to worship you. We give to you our tithes and offerings this morning as an act of worship. We ask that you would be blessed by them and that you would use them to further your kingdom here and abroad. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, we raise the 
we continue to sing this song, we're going to go ahead and dismiss all the children. You're dismissed to go to your classes. You just head right back there to the back door. Go ahead. And as they're heading that way, parents, you'll be able to pick them up downstairs. Just hang left at the hallway there out the doors. Go downstairs. And that's where you'll find them when we're all done with our service. But while they're heading out, let's go ahead and focus back on this song here. Because the next verse talks about love so undeniable. We talk about God's love a lot in Christendom, and we should. But as we've been singing, we found out as we've been singing that God is a faithful God. He never changes. He's always true and faithful to every promise that he's made us. He's going to do what he said he would do. We've also seen that he is a holy God. He is seated on the throne, surrounded by his glory. And so we come to him in reverence and in reverent fear, in honor, and giving him the praise and glory that's due his name. But this thing called love, God so loved us. And while we sing this next verse, I want you to really think about that. Do you truly believe the love that God has for you? We say we do, but do you really, really know that he loves you so much that he sent his son to take our place so that we could have a relationship with him again? But he loves us so much that even while we're here on earth, walking this life, and sometimes it's very unfair, he loves us so much that he said, I will never, ever, ever leave you. I will always be by your side. And then the next verse says, Therefore, I boldly and confidently say, I will not fear. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. So as we continue to worship God as our good, good Father, allow yourself to receive His love again, afresh and anew. Love so undeniable I, I can hardly speak so unexclaimable I, I can hardly think as you call me, deeper still as you call me, deeper still as you call me, deeper still into love, love your
Speakerphone. I got caught up in that. You were amazing, sweetheart. You do that just like that tomorrow. You'll blow them away. Thanks, Dad. I know I can always count on you. You're my biggest fan. I guess it makes it a little less scary. Boy, I wish I could see their faces when you audition. And remember, I'll be praying for you the whole time. And you let them know. If they don't cast my little girl for this part... Dad, I'll be fine. Thanks. I love you. I love you too. Bye-bye. You didn't see that one coming, did you? (laughs) One of the most important roles of a father is to always be there. To be able to hear your kids when they call, when when they cry out, when they're in need. It's a difficult thing to be reaching out to someone who's not there. As we watched in the video, the dad was listening to his daughter 
acting out a part, but so many times in real life, that is a real situation. You know, we have this new term, it's called ghosting, right? You know, someone's out there, but they're not really responding back. Have you ever had times in your life when you've been praying out to God, and you felt like God was ghosting you? Like you're crying out, and you're pouring out your heart. God, are you there? Are you listening? Can you hear me? Those times when you're crying for help, and you're... There's nothing. There's crickets. And you're praying. God, are you there? Do you hear me? We think about this role of God our Father. And just because we've had bad experiences with our earthly fathers doesn't necessarily translate to those same kinds of relationships that we have with a heavenly Father. We have a good, good Father in heaven who is the perfect Father, a God that always hears your cry, that hears you. When you're a father, you have a a way to be able to tune in to your kids' voices. Mothers are really good at this. Dads, on the other hand, have selective hearing. They will tune them in. They hear. I Just, you know, spoiler alert. Moms, we hear, we just act like we're not hearing. But the reality is we know what's going on. And when we think about this idea of prayer, prayer is this this conversation. It is not some spiritual activity. Prayer is not some ritual that just holy people do and throw up empty words up into the sky and hope that there's something there. Prayer is a real conversation with a real God, a heavenly Father, who hears your prayers. Even though you don't think He hears them, He hears. He's paying attention. We're going to walk through Psalms chapter 5. As David is crying out to his Father in heaven, a time of distress. This psalm is called a psalm of innocence, also called a psalm of lament. He's crying out to God because his enemies are surrounding him. He feels like he's all alone. He has a relationship with the Father, but that's the only relationship that's working for him at the time of the writing of this psalm. He commits this cry, this prayer, as part of his morning devotion. This time when he is praying and asking for God to listen. So I'm going to ask that you stand as we read through Psalm chapter 5. May the Holy Spirit prepare our hearts to to learn. In Psalm chapter 5, verse 1, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Heed to the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. And in the morning I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor evil dwells with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes, and you hate all who do iniquity. You destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. But as for me, by your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple, I will bow in reverence for you. O Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes. Make your way straight before me. 
There is nothing reliable in what they say. Their inward part is destruction itself. Their throat is an open grave, and they flatter with their tongue. Hold them guilty, O God, and by their own devices let them fall. And in the multitude of their transgressions, trust them out, or thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. And may you shelter them that those who love your name may exult in you. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as a shield. May God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. So he cries out in verse 1. And he says, give ear to my words, O Lord. In other words, hear me. Hear me, O Lord. As he's crying out in this time, he's crying out for God's attention. Crying out, God, will you hear me when I pray? The phrase is, is what's known as an imperative. It, 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 it's this passionate cry out of God. I'm crying, will you hear me within this? As David is praying from a place of deep emotion and distress. Have you been there? Have you been in the place when you've just been done? Cooked on all sides and in the middle. You're just, I'm done. I, I, I've got nowhere to go. So who does he go to? His Father. His Father in heaven. David in this prayer, hear me is implying, God, are you always listening? Question. Is God always listening? Does God always hear? We, we got to understand that we have a Heavenly Father that continuously listens, always hears, has His ear tuned to your voice, which is amazing to me when I consider it, the fact that God in heaven can have his ear tuned to every single voice of humanity at one time and pay attention to it. There is no, hey, wait a minute, I've got to put you on hold. He hears every single voice. In Psalm 55, verses 16 and 19, David would write, as for me, I shall call upon the Lord, or call upon God, and the Lord will save me, evening and morning and at noon. Note, I will complain and murmur. How many of you are guilty of that? Amen. And he will hear my voice, and he will redeem my soul in peace from the battle which is against me. Oftentimes that battle's within us. And for they are many who strive with me. God will hear and answer them. Even the one who sits enthroned from of old, Selah. Think about that. With whom there is no change and who do not fear God. Morning, noon, night. Cries out. Notice he says, I cry out with my complaining and my murmuring. You say, well, I really don't want to complain to God. It's okay. He can handle it. But it's part of the conversation. It's part of the transparency. It's a part of allowing yourself to pray out those deepest parts in your heart that are just hurting. 
It's the time when, when we can cry out to God. Do you make it a habit of coming to God during those times? He hears you. Why would you want to hold all of that in when you have a Father that hears you, that wants to hear you, wants to hear these prayers? And having that confidence to pray. Does God hear? Yes. Jesus in praying and, and calling Lazarus out openly prays so that everybody can hear. In fact, in John chapter 11, verses 41 to 42, says this. So they removed the stone. So Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. He's getting ready to call him out. Remove the stone. And then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said, said it so that they may believe you who sent me. What is Jesus saying? Dad, you heard me. You always hear me. I know that you hear me. When Satan comes in and tries to rip you off and say, God doesn't hear your prayers, tell him he's a liar. God always hears your prayers. Even the most ridiculous ones. Even the most complaining ones. Even the deepest hurting ones. God always hears those prayers. God always has an open ear to your prayer. And know this, God is never bothered by your prayers. Ever. There is never a prayer, a, a conversation that you could have with God that God's going to say, well, you shouldn't have asked me that. God always wants to hear our prayers, our requests. We can bring to Him those times that, that we just listen. But then I got to thinking, is there a time when God doesn't hear our prayer? Is there a time when perhaps we do pray and God doesn't hear it? In Psalm 66, verses 16 to 20, David would write, Come and hear all who fear God, and I will tell you of what He has done for my soul. I cried to Him with my mouth, and He was extolled with my tongue. And if I, note, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Wow. But certainly, God has heard... He has given heed to the voice of my prayer, blessed be God, who has not turned away my prayer nor loving kindness, chesed love for me. David there says, well, there is a time when God doesn't hear. When is that time? When is the time that God doesn't hear that prayer? David says it's when I regard or embrace wickedness in my heart. When I'm not transparent and honest, when I am living blatant, overt sin and saying, God, I don't want anything to do with you. Sin separates us from God. Our sin creates a break in that relationship. When we regard iniquity and, and sin in our heart, and then we anticipate and expect a holy God to answer this cry for help, God says, 
we got to restore the relationship first. And so David said, God does hear, but what does he hear with? Chesed, love. Long-suffering love. You think as a father, as you have a relationship with a child, maybe a teen child or an adult child, and that teen or that adult child is acting like a knucklehead, a jerk, treats you poorly, abuses the relationship, takes advantage of all of these things, and then comes to you and says, Dad, can I borrow a hundred bucks? What are you going to say to him? If you're a loving father, you're not going to give him the hundred bucks. You say, no, we've got to take care of business first. Let's restore this relationship. The Hesed love looks beyond the offense and says, look at the whole. The relationship needs to be restored. And so what do we do? We confess. Well, God does hear that prayer. Because we can confess that sin. And confession is saying, God, I see my sin the same way you see it. Dad, I really messed up. I've treated you poorly. I've taken advantage of you. I've abused our relationship and I've abused this care that we have, that you have for me. Will you forgive me? And a loving father says, yes, for sure. Now let's move forward. That's Hesed love. Long-suffering love. Being a father is a tough, tough job. Because being a father of, of, of children and, and young adults is difficult because you're having to work through them becoming an adult and many times it, it, it means you have to endure broken relationships. But God is a great model. Because there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Not even myself. Not death, nor life, nor principalities, or powers, or things above, or things below. Nothing. But there is a break in the relationship when we harbor sin in our heart. And we need to confess that. David goes on in the psalm. He says, consider, give ear to my word, consider my groanings. I looked at that and I thought, well, what is that all about? Well, consider my groanings. The Hebrew word is hagig. And it literally means this sigh or this turmoil that's in. Have you ever been in such a place where words could not express what was going on on the inside? You're just like, ah! And God in His divine nature can interpret that. Words that are not spoken, but the inside that is just suffering. The unspoken prayer that's going on inside, God says, I know what you're saying. Great, God. I'm glad you know what I'm saying because I don't know what I'm saying. All I'm doing is just, ah. And God goes, I know. These prayers and these meditations, these unspeakable cries, they reside deep within our soul. And in that quiet time, whether it's in the morning, noon, or night, but for David here in the morning, he's in that place and he's just like, God goes, yeah, I know, and this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to resolve it. He knows both the spoken and the unspoken. 
these prayers, these meditations, whether they're spoken out loud or they're inside our heart, God understands. And He hears. He goes on in another imperative in verse 2. He says, Heed the sound of my cry or hearken the sound of my cry. And I thought, what is that about? Very poetic, but what is the meaning? Hearken to the sound of my cry. When you study it deeper, it really means listen to the voice of my weeping. Listen to the voice of my weeping. Okay, so we have the intelligible spoken word. We have the inner, I'm freaking out and nothing's coming out. And then we have the, I'm crying and weeping unintelligibly, but just bawling my eyes out. And David says there's a voice and a language that is in that cry. Have you ever tried to console kids that are just wailing? And you're like, what's wrong? Dads go, it's broken. Fix it. And then moms go, okay, well, this is what's wrong. Diaper's wet, needs to be fed. Colic, I don't know. But God looks at that and says, there's a voice there. Understand, when you are just weeping, you don't know what's going on, but the only thing that's coming out is weeping. David says there's a voice to that. And God hears that voice. Hearken to the sound, the voice of my cry, for help, my King and my God. This cry for help, addressing my King and my God. Or Daddy. Listening. Listening to that cry. Does God hear your cry? Yes. Does God hear your unspoken prayer? Yes. Does God hear the spoken prayer? Yes. Because God always hears. And He understands. Notice what He says in verse 3. In the morning you'll hear my voice. In the morning. First thing of the day. One of the things that that David does is he makes prayer a priority, which we should also. Whether it's morning, noon, or night, or whenever it's necessary, we need to pray. To whom? To our Heavenly Father. Because He hears. Seeking the Father for advice, seeking Him for encouragement, for power, to be able to understand the things that, that God, You're in charge and I'm surrendering to You. Matthew 6.33 says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then all these things will be added to you. Let God hear it. When you need help, even when you don't need help, let Him hear your voice. Don't be that kid that only comes to God when you want a buck. Pray. Adore Him. Worship Him. And pray expecting to receive with an eager expectation. Notice as he prays, he's praying out with an expectation to receive in the morning and eagerly watching. When you pray, are you expecting to receive the answer for that prayer? Now be careful. It may not be the answer you want. But does God 
answer prayer? The answer is absolutely yes. Eagerly listen. David, or I'm sorry, not David, but Micah the prophet would write in Micah chapter 7, verse 7, says, But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the Lord of God of my salvation. God will hear me. You pray and you wait. You make those requests known and you watch and wait and be confident. Your Father in Heaven hears you. He may not give it to you when you want it. He may not give you what you want. But don't assume the silence means that He is not listening or ghosting you. He hears you. David goes on in this psalm, verses 4-8, through and says, Guide my way. One of the jobs of a father is to provide guidance. To be able to direct that way. I love teenagers, and I love the fact that they know everything, and I'm learning much by them. But the practicality is, fathers, you have experienced a whole lot more life than your kids. And kids need to learn to listen to the fathers that have experienced more life and allow the fathers to direct them to save you from some of the same headaches and heartaches that they've gone through. David says, God, guide my way. Well, for sure, not the way of wickedness, because you hate wickedness. In fact, verses 4 through 6, he says, look, you're not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor evil dwells within you, and the boastful shall not stand. God rejects wickedness. So if, I, if my Father in heaven knows the ways of the wicked, He's not going to direct me that way. He rejects it from it. If you want the best, trust in God. If you want to be able to enjoy life and that much more, trust in God because He knows the way. And He rejects the unholy. David's confidence comes from a position of understanding, get this, God's holiness. Dads on this earth are not perfect. But do you realize that you have a Father in Heaven that is perfect? That will never make a mistake and will never steer you wrong? Because there is no wicked way in Him. There is no wickedness in Him. He, he, he rejects the wicked enemies. David is praying this the psalm, because all of the wicked enemies are coming around, and he says, God, defend me. Another aspect of fatherhood is a defender. You don't tolerate wickedness, nor do you tolerate those that practice wickedness. Dad, deal with them. Judge them. Take them out. You hate sin. Sin is an awful thing in, in, in these things. And you say, well... Notice in verse 5, you hate all that do iniquity. In our culture today, in our world system today, they're trying to remove hate from humanity's vocabulary. Now granted, hate is a very strong word. And when it comes to hating one another, we don't find that classification in, in the, the Christian lifestyle. But God hates... Sin. You say, well, wait a minute. I thought God's a God of love. He is. But He hates sin. Can I hate sin? Yes. 
Should you hate sin? Yes. Should you hate the person practicing sin? No. But you hate the sin. Why? Because you see what sin does to people. You see the outcome of those that practice sin. And those that practice sin are destroying themselves and destroying everybody around them. So hate the sin. Hate the iniquity. Hate those things that are there. That, that are taking lives of people. God hates evil. And David is praying against the things that God hates. Psalm 45, uh, verse 7 says, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. God does hate that wickedness. Ultimately, the devil is behind all of this, wanting to destroy you. Love the individual. But hate the wickedness that is being practiced by the individual, realizing that they are deceived by Satan. And they are sold into slavery of sin. And we need to love these people by telling them the truth. What you're doing is destroying you. And it is okay to hate that sin. And understand that, that God is there to guard us. There's a, a story about a father that was part of a Native American tribe. And it was in the graduation from a boy to a man. They would take the boy out into the woods and blindfold him. And say, look, it, you have to stay out in the woods out here blindfolded to prove your manhood, to, to, to become that man. You've got to go out to the woods and you have to stay blindfolded. Until you feel the warmth of the sun on your face. Then you can remove the blindfold and then you can come back. It was a rite of passage. All the boys would do it. Take him out in the woods. This young boy. I don't know. 10, 11, 12, whatever the age is. Would sit out in the woods all night. Hearing the sound of things walking around. Breaking branches. Snorting. Hearing the chatter of a bear. All of these things. Would you endure it? Come the morning. The sun hit this boy's face. After being terrified. All night long. Scared. Of all the noise. I made it. I can take my blindfold off. He took his blindfold off. Sitting across from him was his father who stayed out there all night. And he didn't know it. We have a father that is here protecting, guarding. We are blindfolded to his very presence so many times because of all the noises and all the things that are going on. But God's got this. And we understand that he's there to protect us. And so David prays out and he says, destroy those who speak falsely. The Lord hates the man of bloodshed. But as for me, verse 7, your abundant loving kindness, hesed love, 
I will enter into your house. This abundant love. In a contrast against the wicked that God hates and their wickedness, for me I am loved, which allows me the presence to come in to your house to worship. Do you realize what a privilege it is to enter into the presence of a holy God? That you, one who was saved by grace, whose sins are forgiven, that have been adopted as a child of God, can enter into the throne room of grace and have access to God. Uninhibited. You can come in at any time and be in His presence. And to understand this love. Exodus 34, 6 describes this kind of love. It says, The Lord passed from in front of him, proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in hesed, this loving kindness, and in truth. You think about a child who always has access to their father. To be able to, to be in that place. To come at any time. And to call up and say, Dad, can I talk? You think about a young child when they see their father and they come running to him and they take that leap to jump into dad's arms, right? And it's this trust, this, this abandonment of self to be able to fall into the arms of the father. David's worship experience was like that. Is yours? Do you worship that way? Do you have access to the throne of God? Yes. Do you worship that way? Yes. Therefore, this loving Father provides guidance. Notice what he says in verse 8. O Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes. Make your way straight before me. The Father that loves is a Father that guides. And He shows you which way you should go. Life is confusing, and as a young person... I am sorry. The world that you are living in right now is really messed up. And it is really, really hard to find out which way to go because so many ungodly voices are speaking. So stop listening to those ungodly voices and listen to your Father in heaven and He will direct your steps. And if He doesn't say go, don't go. And if He says go to the right, go to the right. He says, he'll make way straight this way. Notice the prayer request. Guide me. That means you have to be a child that's willing to be led. You have to be a child that says, yes, I want to follow. I want to go the way that you want to go. You don't want to be that child that says, Dad, I got this. I know how to do this. I don't need your help. Listen to someone who has made a lot of mistakes. Yes, you do. The older I get, the more I realize I should have listened to God a whole lot earlier. And the older I get, the more I realize I still got to listen to God a whole lot more. But the picture here is this father that takes a child by the hand. When you think about it, if you go into an amusement park, you know, whether we would take the kids to Disneyland or to the zoo or whatever, a young child, you take the child by the hand. Why? Because they don't know where they're going. 
But it's interesting thing that happens when a child is in a trusting relationship and he takes his father's hand in hand and starts walking. He's not really paying attention. He has the freedom to be able to look all over the place. Why? Because dad is guiding the steps and the child has the freedom to be able to see everything that's going on and not get lost and not end up in the monkey cage. Just say. Unless dad puts him there. But anyways, that's a different story. To be able to trust the, the, the why? Because dad's not going to lead him in a direction that's going to cause harm. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. But in all your ways, what? And He will what? Simple. Why do we have to make it so hard? Well, many times because we're not that, that confident that God knows what He's doing. But we can be confident. God hears our prayers and He will direct you the way that you need to go. And protect you. Verses 9 through 12, he calls for this protection. He says, there's nothing reliable in what they say. Their inward parts is destruction. Their throat's an open grave and flattering. Hold them guilty, O God, by their own devices. Let them fall. In other words, he says, God, you get to take care of it. It's called divine retribution. Dad, I don't want to fight this fight. You take them on. I can tell you this. When we think about God our Father, can a God our Father beat up anybody in this world? Yeah. He knows. He's got it. What would it be like if we fell completely into the hands of the Father and said, Dad, this is not my battle. This is yours. This is not my fight. This is yours. Yeah, but you don't know what the politics are going on. Not my problem. You don't know what government's doing. Not my problem. You don't know what the sinners are doing. Not my problem. Dad, take care of it. Dad, it's yours. Dad, I trust in you in all of these things. Why? Because you're guiding my steps. Why? Because you hear my prayers and the condition that I'm in and the hurt that I'm, I'm feeling right now because of all of this is going on. Dad, I feel surrounded by all of this stuff pressing in. Help. And he says, I got it. I got it. I love the fact that David prays to God, hold them accountable for their actions. I can trust in God that he will hold the sinner accountable for their actions. The wicked, according to his holiness, will be held accountable. And ultimately, I can rest. Why? Because verses 11 and 12 tells us that God is our refuge. Notice what it says. But let all who take what? Refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. And may you shelter them. That those who love you, your name may exalt in you. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor and a shield. The picture I, I have in my mind, and I, and I thought about it and I looked for it and I couldn't quite find it, is a, a picture of... A, a large bird that has all of these young and, and the midst of a storm. And I remember seeing it, but I, I couldn't find it. But I want you to picture this in your mind. You've got, you got a, a, a large bird. And that bird is wings are way out here. But if you were to, in, in, in a torrential downpour rain, 
But if you were to move those wings back, guess what you would find underneath the wings? All of the young. Why? Because it's a shield. It's a protection. It's a refuge. It's a strength. It's a place to hide when the storms rage. We're to run to God because God is our shelter when the storms rage. Hide under Him. Why? Because He can take it. He can take it. Why would I stand outside in a torrential downpour when I could go in and, and find shelter? To me, this is the blessing. To be able to find shelter in the Lord in the midst of a storm. We think about this idea of deliverance as David would pray when he was running from Saul in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 2 and 3. David's prayer says this, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I will take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, save me. You save me from violence. Was there any doubt that David could find shelter under the Lord? No, he prayed that prayer. Even while Saul would chase after him, throwing spears at him, having to run to En Gedi and go hide in the caves, he still knew God had it. God is his shelter and his strength and his presence and his power. We've got to understand that David started out this song with a voice of sorrow. A lament. God, are you even hearing me? God, do you even care? God, I know you're holy. God, I know you're just. God, I know that you're there. God, I know you love me. God, I know that you'll defend me. Dad, you're the one that I come and I find shelter under. It's interesting through this psalm where he starts in one very, very low place and he ends in a place of comfort. How did he get there? Because he prayed through the attributes of who God is as his Father and Protector and rested in those attributes, those things. In Psalm 3, verses 3-4, through four, he says this, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. I was crying to the Lord with my voice. Note, and he answered me from his holy mountain. You cry and God hears and God answers. And there is no cry so soft that God cannot hear. There is no unspoken prayer that God does not understand. And there is no prayer that God does not respond to. We can cry for Him for help. And the answer is always, I'm here. Let's pray. God, I thank You. I thank You that You are a Heavenly Father that hears our prayers. You hear our cries. You hear what's going on inside us, Lord. You know our very need before we even cry out that need. God, You're the one that is always in place that we can always come to. You never abandon us. You never ghost us. You, you're there. 
Lord, I pray this morning for those that are watching online or in this room that maybe at times have cried out in prayer and took silence as a lack of caring. Heal their heart, Lord, I pray. Give to them the assurance of their prayers, your presence, your power. Lord, I would ask, even if there's some people here that have sought after you and cried out and and, and didn't feel like you answered, may you reveal to them if there's anything in them that is limiting or hindering their prayer, the practice of sin that is keeping them from that relationship with you. And if that's you this morning, confess that sin to God. Lay it bare, lay it open. And say, God, search my heart and know me. See if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the path of righteousness. As we bring our service time to an end, make this song a a song of prayer, a response to what God's done in your heart this morning. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. For too long on my own I wasn't created To bear it alone I hear your invitation To let it all go Done with the hiding, the reason to win.
have a seat. We've got one last thing here for you, dads. Um, we've got all of our children. They're downstairs, and they're going to pop right up here on behind me, and they've got a special blessing for you as we leave today. We pray that every father has felt the blessing of God today, and now as you go into your world... May you love your children like God loves his children. May you find your identity in being the son of the only perfect father. May you wish for glorious and pray hard. May you lead your family not as a king but as a servant who protects their hearts. May you laugh at little things. And finally, may you lay down your life for your family. May you introduce them to God who has done the exact same thing. We hope you have a great day today. Happy Father's Day. (laughs) Kids on a camera. Kids, can you hear us down there? Nope. Okay. No, we just got Zach on the camera. Okay. Well, let me pray this out. God, we thank you for this time. We ask that you bless us food and bless all that we got going on today. May we honor you with everything that's said and done and make you smile in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us in the study of God's Word with Pastor Kerry Wacker. We'd love to have you join us in person for worship each Sunday morning at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. We also meet Wednesday nights at 630 p.m. Warren Community Fellowship is located at 56523 Columbia River Highway in Warren, Oregon, between Scapoose and St. Helens. For more information about Warren Community Fellowship or about WCF Ministries, call us at 503-397-4387. And don't forget to like us on Facebook.